0: everyone, welcome to the Book Lounge. Today we are talking about This is Marketing by Seth Godin. Your hosts, as always, are myself, Corinne Ritchie.
1: And me, Tom Butler-Boden. And the general aim with Book Insights, um, as you know by now, and Book Lounge is to cover books, great books in nonfiction um, from uh, the old days or recent ones um, with fascinating ideas or uh, just things that will really make you think. Um, And as the book insights curator, I'll give my take uh, on each book, why I selected it, why I think it's still relevant, and uh, what the highlights are for me.
0: And I'll also chime in on the book and give you the latest news about the title and the author. Um, For the most in-depth knowledge about this book, we recommend two things. One, um, the podcast is brought to you by Memoed, so be sure to check out the savable, shareable 10-point memo about this book. There will be a link to it in the show notes. And two, we recommend that you listen to the Book Insights episode on this book. That's going to be a more detailed summary, overview, and analysis. But here in the Book Lounge, it's more of just an informal chat about this book of the week.
1: Yes. Um, So the book of the week, This is Marketing. Uh, Seth Godin, obviously one of the most famous names in this space. Um, And really what he tried to do with this book was reinvent marketing uh, for the digital age. Um, So it's about trying to get that real uh, connection with the customer and positioning your company to stand out uh, from the crowd Um, and also dropping this sort of old-school marketing mindset of getting something out of everyone uh, who who, uh, comes to your brand. It's more about generosity.
0: That's right. And to discuss this book with us, we are bringing on a guest who is a digital marketing guru. He's an entrepreneur, founder of SEO Optimizers. Please welcome Brandon Liebowitz.
2: Thanks for having me on today.
0: Thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you coming to share your insights.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Brandon, um, uh, how did you, um, uh, firstly, like, tell us about your sort of background and journey and then perhaps um, how you discovered uh, this book by Seth Godin.
2: So my background is in digital marketing, got my degree in business marketing and first job out of college was doing SEO and social media and email marketing and all these different things back in 2007 and just realized back then that probably everyone's gonna have a website in the future and that digital marketing is the way to go and seo is a way to get free traffic so i've really focused on search engine optimization over the years just trying to tap into that free traffic that Google's willing to give out and worked at different like advertising agencies from mom and pop shops and fortune 500 companies and everything in between and always would be doing some freelance work while i was working full-time and so able to build that up and build it up and eventually be able to quit my job and just focus on that solely. And that's what I've been doing since 2007 and just been reading. And the way I've learned is just by reading and watching videos and trying to read forums and join Facebook groups and books and all that stuff, because that's really the only way to do it. There's not really any official classes out there. I mean, there might be some now, but back then there weren't any. And even then it's tough because... Digital marketing changes so quickly. So what works today it doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna work tomorrow. But reading all those books and found Seth Gordon's book and stuff like that, and just trying to read up as much as possible and learn about different strategies on marketing because everyone has a different perspective and it's just good to try to get the, as many point of views as possible
0: absolutely now was there anything in particular about this is marketing that really stood out to you that made this one um, something that resonated with you
2: um, just the whole customer journey and just mm. trying to build that trust up of the user or I mean of the of the client and just trying to figure out how to really build that trust up that was one big thing and just trying to kind of through the whole journey it's not just getting them to come to your website or getting them to do one action is really building that trust up over time and
0: -hmm. do you have any like examples or stories from clients that you have worked with in terms of optimizing their uh, visibility online sort of you know what Godin talks about where the old school mindset of marketing of just get your name out there to as many people as possible Um, and then now with the book he's saying like it's not about just getting something out of customers, putting it in front of as many people as possible. It's like shifting gears into this new, you know, marketing mindset for the digital age. Um, So have you done that with clients in terms of switching them from like an older mentality of marketing to the new digital age?
2: Yeah, especially if you're running paid ads, you wanna really hone in and narrow down the targeting. You don't wanna just be reaching out to as many people as possible because you're just be bleeding money away on those. So that's really important, but even like with SEO, search engine optimization you don't want to just rank for any keyword you want to rank for targeted keywords and the longer the keyword is the less people that are researching for it but they have intent to actually want to use a product or service so not just going after really broad general keywords but more targeted ones like if you're selling let's say like tennis shoes tennis shoes might be a good keyword to get a lot of traffic in there but not many people have intent behind that keyword there's a lot of just general looking news that don't really necessarily want to buy tennis shoes but someone searches for like black tennis shoes size 10 nike they know specifically they want that less people are going to be searching for it but the people searching for it have that intent so it's not just trying to be everywhere but trying to be everywhere where your audience is especially with social media too Mm -hmm. people think they need to be on facebook instagram twitter youtube pinterest linkedin all these other social media sites but it's going to be where your audience is, otherwise you're going to spread yourself too thin.
1: Yeah, great points. Um, and in fact, one of, the, um, one of the key ideas in this book by Godin is um, really niche marketing. Um, so I think he goes back early in the book, he talks about the old days was uh, mass market uh, advertising and marketing. Where you put a few ads on TV, you know, across the country, and um, usually had a pretty good effect. Um, it was very expensive, and you, and you sold a lot of stuff. But with the internet, what we had was, you know, millions of new tribes and small niche markets were created. So it created a problem for advertisers and marketers, but also opportunities in that if you could become an influencer or leader in your niche, then you could reach out to those people uh, directly and avoid all of the costs of mass marketing um, and just create your own little uh, mini tribe. And even though it was much smaller than a mass market, they're potentially higher value uh, customers. Um, So Brandon, what's your take on, on this idea?
2: It is definitely all about quality, not quantity. Same with like social media. You could have a million social media followers, but if nobody's doing anything, it doesn't really do any much for you. So it's all about having a targeted audience. And if that means less people, but if they're targeted, that's what matters. Cause just because you have followers, doesn't really mean anything. Or just because you're getting traffic to your website, doesn't really mean much unless that traffic's converting. So you gotta make sure that it's targeted and and that means less people or less eyeballs on your stuff. But if they're targeted, that's all that matters. So don't just try to go after everyone. I mean, it'd be nice to have everyone using your product or service, but they don't all want to use it. So you don't have to force it down on them. It's just people that actually care about it. That's who you should be targeting. So going after a smaller audience is much better in the long term versus going after the broad channel. Unless you're selling something that everyone could use, like a t-shirt or something like that, or socks. But in general, you want to have a targeted audience.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that ties right into one of the themes from This Is Marketing, which is about finding your smallest viable market. So similar to the lean startup, which we spoke about on this show, where you're trying to find the minimum viable product, um, Seth Godin turns that into find your smallest viable market. So like you're saying, instead of casting a really wide net, it's about thinking how small could I go and still be successful and just targeting that tiny market and growing organically from there. Um, so you know his whole point was that um, you want to make a small group of early adopters who are super fans who absolutely get what you're doing, love it, who um, they feel like they're being served by your product or service, not like you're trying to get something out of them all the time. Um, and so once you can find that smallest viable market then you can kind of grow from there. Um, is that something that you have helped clients find? is that smallest viable market to kind of start from?
2: yeah that is such an important thing is trying to figure out what keywords to rank for just because somebody thinks this is what keyword they want to rank for or this is what people are going to be searching we want to double check and make sure those are the correct keywords because you want to tap into that correct audience and finding again like those long tail keywords less people so long tail keywords means two or more words less people are going to be searching for those keywords but the people that search for it actually have that intent so Trying to just tap into the smaller audiences maybe even join like Facebook groups if there's a group about what you're doing or whatever it may be it's not just doing SEO it's kind of looking at the holistic view and trying to figure out who your audience is where they are and how to be in front of them same with like social try to figure out where they are are they going to be on what platforms are going to be active on and trying to be active on those platforms and not just trying to be everywhere just to be everywhere but being where you think they are and sometimes it means just testing out audiences seeing what works what doesn't work and just learning from there because you never know who your real audience is until you actually get the data and you can see the numbers and like Google analytics or some of these tracking tools to actually see the data
1: right there for you mm. yeah and um that was a great point you made earlier about some of these very big influences that've become that they've become a bit like the old mass media channels and they've got sometimes you know millions of followers but they a lot of them are probably quite poor at um, converting them or monetizing their interests just perhaps they're too you know very wrapped up in their fame or identity um they sort of forget about all the nuts and bolts stuff you're talking about um and um wh- one of the things that godin talks about which is different to the mass media age is the need to be uh, have generosity so in the past you know if you set foot on like a a car dealership um, someone sort of try to strong arm you into buying the car just because they sort of captured you um, and if you're in a supermarket it was like you're also captive so there were the products you know at eye level a lot of people uh, companies paying money to have that slot whereas this completely flipped over now that you will only ever sell something to someone by giving them a lot of free stuff, which seemed to come with the internet age. Um, I wonder what your experience um, is of this brand and working with clients. Uh, most people want free stuff. People don't want to
2: pay for things, especially with like YouTube. If you're selling a course, it's going to be tough because you're just like, I could just go on YouTube. Why am I going to pay you all this money when almost everything is out there for free if I just dig around and die? Dig, dig deep enough, I could probably find all that stuff. it's Just I have to do some work to find it all. But yeah, it's it's made it kind of tricky with all that aspect of it. But you have to give stuff away for free. Like you have to usually lead people in. Like people always say, sign up for my newsletter because email addresses are invaluable. But if you're just saying sign up for my newsletter it doesn't really work. You gotta give something for free, give some incentive out there because why is someone gonna want to sign up to your newsletter? It's unless you're giving like an e-commerce website, you could give them maybe 20% off their first purchase if they sign up to your newsletter. So that's kind of an incentive. You're not giving something free, but you're giving a discount. So you got to have some sort of hook. Otherwise, they're not going to want to give you that information. I do classes where I just give out my classes for free and in exchange, they'll sign up. I'll get their email address and then I can start doing email marketing, which is one of the most effective forms of marketing. You can follow them around with your marketing ads because Once you have email addresses, you could upload those to Google or any of these platforms and say, all right, I want to run ads to these people so you can target really specific audiences and just keep yourself top of mind and offer them more free incentives because, I mean, you don't want to offer them too much free stuff, but you got to kind of hook them in at the beginning with something for free. Otherwise, they're probably just going to be like, someone else is going to give me something for free and I'll take that free goodie. So nowadays, you got to give something away for free. You got to have some kind of hook or bait or offer some incentive to differentiate yourself.
0: Yeah, I I think the um, giving away value for free is a major thing that Godin talks about. He also talks about sort of uh, beyond the product or service, the idea concept. And so he has this this theme about um, ideas that are worth spreading. And so, uh, you know, prior to the digital internet age, a company could just be all about whatever it is they're selling. If you're about cheese sticks, then that's it. Y'all, y- all you have to do is just you know talk about cheese sticks. But now it's like uh, with social media in particular, people want to feel connected to the brand they want to know that there's a bigger idea that there's some um, some sort of heartstrings are being pulled or you know they want to know where the cheese is sourced from they want to know that it's helping the environment they want to know that you know there's it, it's like um, Brandon or I'm sorry um, Seth Godin talks about how it's like a unifying rallying cry for your local tribe is what's needed uh, because it's not enough to just have a quality service or good it's like you have to have a message that resonates with people um is that something that you have seen and worked with brandon
2: yep you have to have a strong value proposition on every page on your website that lets people Mm -hmm. know what's in it for them because right fortunately people are selfish so they don't really care about who you are how long you've been in business how that really matters to them they just want to know what's in it for them so having like a one quick slogan or value proposition that Let's people know really quickly on your website or somewhere where they can see it. That's really, really important is just having a good incentive or good value proposition that lets people know quickly. It's like an elevator pitch, kind of letting them know what you do. And then you can explain more about where it's sourced and all that stuff later. But initially, you got to hook people. Otherwise, they're going to hit that back button and go to someone else's website because there's too many options out there and attention spans are so short nowadays that you got to hook them quickly. And then you could lead them on the rest of that journey and the rest of that buying experience, but initially uh, hook them, give them something for free, get that email address and know that they're probably going to leave after that. And then you can follow them around. So I think it's like five touch points before somebody actually trusts you online. So it's not like they're just going to go to your website and buy some people will, but most of the time, especially with a higher ticket item, it's going to take a little bit longer.
1: Mm. I mean, that that um, reminds me of like mass media. Um, Forms of advertising and marketing that it's all about repetition and constancy, that people only start to buy a product if they've had the ad put in front of them like 50 times. Um, so it's interesting to hear that um, this principle still applies today uh, in the online age. Um, and it's perhaps something that, I mean, Godin talks a lot about like leading and organizing a tribe. And um, I guess if you have a tribe or a small group of people that follow you, it's incredibly important to be in constant contact with them um, in that, like if you have a newsletter, um, you need to be pretty active, um, put yourself in front of them, even if you sort of don't feel like doing it. So I guess, is that the, is that the online version of today, of the the old idea that you just have to send people a message millions of times before they buy something, whereas today it's more just like hundreds of little frequent interactions with your potential customers. Yeah,
2: more interactions the better. Just let them come to your website. After they go to your website, if they don't do what you want them to do, if they're not converting, then you can run those remarketing ads that follow people around. So if you. Look at a product on Amazon. Ads usually follow you around. Do the same thing with your traffic. So it goes to your website. Follow them around. Try to engage with them on social media. Connect with them on social media. So you could, you could have multiple touch points. If they see you, follow them around on the internet. They've been to your website. Social media, they engage with you. You have their email. You send them out emails and newsletters. That's going to really help out build that trust up. So any way possible to get those touch points there's lots of different ways to do it you could like you said run paid ads and just spend a ton of money just following them around and target them 500 times but that might be a little too much for people so it's finding that right balance of marketing to them but not pushing it too much because if you're just following them around everywhere they go all day long for the next month or two they might get a little obsessed and annoyed or annoyed so it's trying to find that sweet spot where it's not too much but enough to know how long it takes for someone to actually want to use your product or service and engaging with them for that time frame and not trying to push it too much.
0: Yeah, And I I know we've talked a bit about the idea of like, you know, your product, your service, that's what it's all about. But, um, you know, Godin, his book has this great quote where he says, we sell feelings, status, and connection, not tasks or stuff. Um, And I love this quote because, you know, we're talking about products and services and tasks and stuff, but uh, his point is that it's really not about that because people don't necessarily buy simply because you have told them the stuff that you are selling. Um, Instead, what you're really doing is telling people who they are uh, if they buy your product or the type of people that buy your product and making them want to be the type of person who, you know, buys your product or service. So what you're really selling, like that sort of underlying that deeper thing that Godin's talking about is uh, feelings. And and you know, we, we see that all the time, even on the mass marketing. You know, when you have a perfume commercial, there's no way you can, you know, tell like explain or or really convey exactly what a perfume smells like. So all they do is show beautiful images that are trying to evoke feelings, that are trying to give you some idea of the type of status you will have if you buy their perfume, you know? And, uh, so I, that, that is one of the things I like about this book is he's very honest and, uh, open about the idea of like, you know, the deeper meaning behind marketing. Yeah. yeah is that, mm-hmm. is that something you have seen?
2: Yep. Yep. There's always a deeper meaning behind the marketing and trying to build that connection with people, build that trust up, because that's a tough part is getting people to trust you because you get people to your website or to look at your product or service, but to actually get them to want to buy, that's where you got to let them know what's in it for them. People are, unfortunately, kind of selfish, and they don't care about just stats about the product or information about you. They care about what's in it for them. What am I going to get out of using this perfume or taking them on a whole customer journey and letting them know how they're the hero in their story and how this product or service is going to help benefit them. And that's really a big part of it is just having the whole story lined out for them. And not just telling them what it is but having a whole journey that they're on
1: yeah and godin um he's very uh big on using yourself to market the product so your story is wrapped up in the product so if you're selling a weight loss product it's got to all be like you know i was 40 pounds overweight and my world was terrible and then something happened that changed and Telling your journey like that, your personal story uh, that resonates. Um, so, yeah, I think that's um, again, that's tapping into these sort of deeper feelings um, and being authentic. I think, is that something, would you agree that's come out more the online age? Um, the mass marketing age, it was more like everyone wants to identify with someone more famous or beautiful or, or richer. Whereas the online age there's um, a bit more sort of vulnerability um, or, you know, people willing to, to show where they have failed. And uh, paradoxically, that can actually get them a ton more followers than sort of being perfect.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about authenticity, putting a face behind the company and not just being a company or brand. That's why social media has helped out a lot over the years is, it's a way to put a face behind the company. If someone's going to like this website, like Bob's TV, you might be like, who's Bob's TVs? 10 years, 20 years ago, when I could just go buy off best buy.com or amazon.com, but Bob's TVs might've been around for a hundred years. You just don't know about who they are, but social media was a way to put a face behind the company and saying like, Hey, you could ask us questions. You can engage with us. You could see reviews. There's a lot more here. It's not just a website. We're actually here. We're safe. You can put your credit card in. We're not going to steal your credit card information right like that because 20 years ago or 15 years ago people are kind of skeptical and hesitant to do that so it's all about building that trust and really putting a face behind the company and letting people know that you're not just a website but you're actually a company that's going to help people out you're not going to be scamming or some fly-by-night company because unfortunately that's what a lot of people have dealt with over the years or, or worried about is just having someone's take their credit card information and just disappear and never provide that product or service. So putting a face behind the company and building up that trust really does help out. So I realized over the years is people don't really care about my company. SEO optimizers, they care more about Brandon. they don't care about the company. I mean, they care about it, but they're really looking at me, not the company.
1: Mm. Yeah. So just quickly on that, um, when you do your own social media, is it like you that's doing the social media or is it like your company in terms of like the account names etc
2: no you have both yeah you for your own and then you have them for the company so it becomes a lot to manage and then you have your own personal ones and it's a mess so social it's a lot to juggle but again, it's all about knowing your audience are they on social media are people going to go on facebook looking for an seo company probably not they might go on google or yelp find me and then vouch for me on social so I'm not really worried about getting new clients off social media i mean sometimes you do but It just depends on your audience, like a doctor, dentist. Probably not going to get too many clients off Twitter or Instagram and stuff like that. You might get some, but the majority of people are probably going to go on Google, find you, and then check your reviews out and stuff like that. So just knowing who your audience is and do I need to be on all these platforms? It's good to claim your username on all of them. That way someone doesn't take your name. But being active and engaging and posting every day, not necessary, unless your audience is on those platforms. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of sort of audiences and where they are, you know, um, this book really what stood out to me about this book was uh, the niche marketing idea and finding that audience and um, connecting with them. And it reminded me of, you know, so my, my daughter is 11 and she has a friend who has a YouTube channel with thousands of followers. And, and that's within like a year, within a year, she's amassed thousands of followers, just because she's done exactly what Seth Godin talks about in this book. She found a niche Uh, market of a very particular like style of animation that a bunch of kids who watch YouTube like and so she started creating her own cartoons in that style and just was able to amass thousands of subscribers very quickly simply by you know belonging to a small niche and then creating what the people want. And uh, it's it's incredible that without any kind of adult help or anything like that, she was able to do that very quickly um, just by doing exactly what Seth Godin talks about, finding that small niche market and uh, giving the people what they want. Like that's, that's really what it is.
2: Yeah, so important to find that market, find that audience that's interested in your product or service or whatever you're offering and tap into that. Don't just try to be everywhere. I mean, eventually- yeah. can build it up and build it up but you gotta start off somewhere and find that niche and then let it kind of snowball effect and just take off and grow from there like you said like you found that audience and they're probably sharing it with their friends and family and that's just going to help it grow and grow and keep our organic growth which is the best
1: Mm. if you find a 100 people that like what you're doing chances are you know you can just multiply it um so brandon um We always have a point in the show where we give the uh, book a mark or grade out of five and say why. Um, Corinne, what's your take on this book overall?
0: Yeah, you know, I give this book four out of five bookmarks. I like how this book's really practical, applicable, um, it's relevant, uh, it feels refreshing. It just, it sheds light on what we're already seeing and what we've been seeing online in terms of companies and influencers using social media and marketing um, to get themselves out there. And it sort of explains and demystifies why certain things work, how they work, uh, what doesn't work anymore. I, I really like all of that. Um, the only reason I remove one is, mark is just because, you know, anyone who's not in marketing, if you're not an entrepreneur, um, you know, anyone who's, who doesn't do business books really is not going to, th- this book is going to be a mismatch for them. Like There's really not much beyond specifically marketing and entrepreneurship type uh, applications. So that's the only reason I remove a mark. Uh, is just because I can't hand it to everyone. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I enjoyed this book for sure. Um, what do you think, Brandon?
2: I would give it a five out of five because I do marketing. So yeah. it resonates well with me. But like you said, if you're not in the business or entrepreneurial kind of spirit, then it might not be the best. But if you are, it's really helpful because it gives a lot of relevant advice because unfortunately, a lot of books, they become outdated with what they're telling you, but he's telling you more of the customer journey and how to build that trust and authenticity and build that brand up, and all that stuff is so very important. And that's what I've learned over the years it's just that people really buy off people, if they're not going to buy off your company, say Mike, but they really want that authenticity and that trust to put a face behind the company and find that really niche audience and tap into that. And all that really is what's helped me grow my company and my brand over the years is doing exactly what he said without necessarily knowing it or reading his book at the time but now looking back a lot of that stuff is really come true and it's helped and i wish i'd read it earlier because it would have saved me a lot of time and headaches in the past but there's a lot of good information if you're a business owner and try to learn that information
1: hmm. yeah well, um thank you i i would give it four out of five as well um i mean i'm not in marketing but one of the things i got from this book is that we are all marketers now Right. um so it, what if you're involved in any kind of content or product or service you can't just leave it up to some marketing person uh like like you could in the mass market age um to really get that niche and connections to people you have to get out there and you, you know offer your sort of authentic self and be vulnerable etc um So I I like that aspect of it. Um, and uh I think it you know Seth Godin, he's just a great writer. Um even if not into marketing, I think you know many people would enjoy this book or any of his others like Purple Cow, uh Permissionless Marketing. I think this is original classic. Um there are a bunch of others. Um, and he sort of um, you know he walks his talk you know his whole look like the, the no hair the big glasses is instantly recognizable um, as a sort of marketing influencer so um, yeah I, I, I sort of admire him and um, and the book itself is excellent too yeah
0: definitely and as you were saying we're all marketers now I, I- I don't remember if it was this book or if it was one of our other ones that we've covered on the podcast where it says, you know, look look left, look right. If you don't see a marketing department, then you are the marketing department. Like that's <laughs> just where we are these days.
2: <laughs> yeah. That is true.
0: So um, this book uh, came out in 2018 and since then it has sold hundreds of thousands of copies um, and Godin has now been inducted into the American Marketing Association's Marketing Hall of Fame in 2018. Um, for a while there he was kicked out because uh, some of the things that came out of this book about um, and some of his previous books really flew in the face of traditional marketing and so they kind of kicked him out of one of these marketing associations because he was specifically undoing so much of what they had been told was correct for so long uh, mm-hmm. but it sounds like they finally came around a few years later and realized that uh, you know what he was saying is accurate for the digital age and, and it is different and has changed. Um, so since releasing this, he's also released the book, The Practice, Shipping Creative Work, and today he hosts the, the uh, podcast called This is Akimbo, where he offers um, cor- He also offers courses, seminars, and lectures on marketing. So yeah, that's the update on the title and the author.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, so Brandon, if people want to learn more about what you do, et cetera, uh, where can they find you online? Yeah, so
2: everyone that wants to learn more, they I create a special gift for them. If they go to my website, it's seooptimizers.com. It's com forward slash gift. And they can find that there along with my contact information. And they want to sign up for those free classes and everything is all there.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you. We'll include a link to that in the show notes for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. And also um, don't forget to have a read of our 10 point memo summary of this is marketing uh, which you'll find pretty useful and also our show notes um, and memo which will summarize the um, chat we've just had with Brandon. That's
0: right. And thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us. Really appreciate you coming to share with us about marketing.
2: Thanks for having me on today. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brandon.
0: And hope uh, everyone will be sure to connect with us on all of our socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Book Insights Pod. And uh, join us again next week as we talk about a new life changing nonfiction book. Thanks so much.